This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 172 of the Stacey West podcast. I am your host Ben and I'm joined as ever by Red Imps Community Trust fan of the season 2021-2022, Mr Gary Hutchinson. How are you doing mate? <laughs> I'm doing very well, mate. Thank you. I, I was just thinking before you shook me with memories of uh, the award um, that we should really, rather than episode 172, we should be like, you know, Stacey West podcast season five, episode one or something like that. But um, but that done me just too much maths, I suppose, adding up for when we got to a, a, a big threshold, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't know. It depends as well, because like obviously we've got the special episodes which haven't been numbered, and I don't really know. Like, we, there's probably about 180 odd episodes done at this point. Um, well, there's probably more than that because we've done the special ones. I said they're not they haven't been numbered, but either way, we haven't done eight special ones. They were numbered. The special ones, the Mark McKennedy one wasn't, but the Michael Appleton one wasn't that the hundredth podcast? Because it was. But we did podcast 101. It was, but then we had the. Um, like the ones over close season yeah. with Mark Hone and Gab Gordon. I think the one Bubs you didn't you did wasn't numbered, if I remember rightly. Anyway, admin stuff, admin talk. Let's let's move on. Um, are you well? Yeah, uh, I'll be honest. I'm a little bit jaded at the minute because I've hurt my thigh running. I think, and I can't get rid of it. I went to Superdrug. And I bought cold cream and deep heat, which you don't use at the same time because that would just be like normal. Um, so I've been using that. I've been doing my stretches. I've got this torture device that runners use where you put – it's like a roller and you put all your weight on it and roll your thigh along it um, to try and work out whatever the pain is, which for me is like trying to cure a broken nose with a, by a smack in the face with a snooker ball and a sock. It's what it feels like. And I still can't do it. I tried to go for a run at lunchtime, and then you got to the end of the road and back. And since then, I've been walking around like Jake the Peg. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not overly happy. 
with that, to be honest. And because I'm over 40 and went to a gig at the weekend, I'm obviously still hungover <laughs> with it being Wednesday. Yeah, I, I, I've got to say I was um, and I was probably nursing a hangover for a couple of days after uh, after it was, you know, went around to yours the other week. It was a very oh, yeah. interesting one. Um, yeah, Rach pointed out to me when I... We, we haven't done a podcast since then, have we? No, we haven't. Although you did, you, you no. did call me out on one of your, you know, your live videos. You said we've had some wonderful people, and Ben was here as well. I thought you cheeky bastard. Do you remember the sitcom Friends? I do. Yes. Do you remember Joey going? Joey doesn't share food. Yes. Right. Gary doesn't share playlists. <laughs> when I do a playlist at my party, that's the playlist. When the playlist finishes, what music goes on is up to me. It's the host's prerogative. I do very little for the party. Feed us all of the cooking. The guests bring all of the fun. Yeah, we even feed, most of my clothes are washed. But the one thing that is mine is the playlist. So when, just as a playlist is finished, I turn around and see my podcast host pressing buttons on my screen and carl beach if carl beach is listening he'll know what happens because he pressed buttons on the screen and the next thing there was an almighty crash and everything went fucking flying um and and it's unconnected but carl beach hasn't been back since <laughs> i mean the reason carl hasn't been back since is i haven't spoke to him for ages it's not punishment carl if that's what you're thinking but that does stick in my mind so ben next year um, you can babysit the cats while rachel comes cats plural well, you, well you, we've only got one. Yeah, another cat. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> not getting another cat. Get another one. Get another no, one. we're not having another cat. Should uh, we talk football? No, How are you? I believe, Do you want believe, to defend yourself, I suppose? <laughs> well, I believe you actually said, oh, yeah, you know, put put something on was, was I, what I'd heard. That, whether that absolutely <laughs> would not be the case. There is no fucking way that that would be the case <laughs> anyone who knows me knows that's not the case if that's what you heard you genuinely genuinely need to get your head tested <laughs> but no i'm i'm well i'm well mate yeah it's uh would, apart from being death well yeah there is that but uh yeah no i'm, I'm all right i'm i'm you know Good. keeping on um we've got a season of football to look ahead to and i think um yeah, I think. I'm pleased you didn't say look forward to. <laughs> well, I, I get why you say you know you're feeling a little bit jaded, and I think there's probably, I think there's an air of, of, not necessarily uncertainty, but I think people are a little bit less expectant this season going into it for you know for a number of different reasons, and um, we're we're going to be here to talk about not just how we think the imps will do this season based on pretty much nothing. Um, but instead of doing a one to 24, we're going to do uh, champions, team promoted playoffs, relegation, surprise strugglers and promotion dark horses. So mainly because it's easier than doing a one to 24. Um, also because a one to 24 is, is well, I, I would challenge anybody to, have actually well, to, to prove that they got a one twenty four completely correct at the start of the season because I don't think anybody ever has, um, and if they did, they'd probably be a very rich person. But uh, yeah, shall we jump straight into it then, guys, and say we we actually we've we've had a quick chat beforehand, and we only have one team in a uh, in the same bracket between us, which I thought was quite uh, two teams. Sorry, yes. Um, 
yeah, which is quite an interesting one. So we'll start, and uh, I will ask Gaz first. Who do you think, Gaz, is going to win at League One this season? Um, pains me to say this. I mean, it really pains me to say this, uh, but I've gone for Peterborough United okay. to win the division. Now, uh, there's a couple of reasons for this. First of all, I think the team's coming down out of the championship almost always, unless they're coming down with severe financial problems, are at a little bit of an advantage over the teams that are already in the division. Um, the problems come when they when teams come down and they don't understand what League One's about. So you'll see like Sheffield Wednesday last year came down, struggled, Ipswich came down, Billy Big Bollocks struggled, Sunderland did the same. Um, for me, when a team like Peterborough, like Wickham last season, come down and they understand League One, it's not such a surprise. Uh, Grant McCann obviously... Um, did it with Hull. So he's already been promoted out of this division, their manager, uh, a, a couple of years ago. So he understands the division. He took Doncaster, I think, into the playoffs as well. And when you look at their squad, it's basically, um, in my opinion, the best squad pound for pound in the division. And at the end of the day, good players win you win new titles. Um, so Joe Ward last season played 38, 40 games in the championship. They've got players like Frankie Kent, Jack Taylor, Johnson Clark Harris, Jack Marriott is there again, who was a, a 5 million rated striker and he, he joined them last season. So whilst they didn't particularly strengthen massively when they went into the championship, I'd argue that they've come down in slightly better shape than they went up. Big signing for me in the summer for them, Ben Thompson. I think he's the boy that was at Millwall. Went to Gillingham, I think, last season for, for a short period of time. Very, very good footballer. Uh, yeah, I, ju I just think Peterborough are in the perfect position to do well. Didn't do terribly in the Championship. OK, they were relegated, but for a team to go up and kind of, you know, not, not spend particularly big. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it pains me, especially some um, but it, it, it pains me. But I just think that pound for pound, there are less reasons. I, what I did when I when I put down all my promotion candidates, I went through marking reasons that they might not go up, and there were fewer reasons for Peterborough than any of the others. Um, so for me, Peterborough United to win League One this season. Fair enough, and uh, yeah, I, I I I obviously don't as you know, I'm, I'm about to set myself up for failure here, but I don't necessarily have the uh, the depth of of knowledge as as yourself on uh, certain teams so some of these uh will be you know kind of gut reactions and based on stuff that i've seen here and there but uh you know i will fully admit that i am not as in depth as mr hutchinson uh, when it comes to the the stats um and that is uh, you know the reason that uh, he rips the piss out of me every week especially when i'm not there to defend myself but um, I oh, well, just got me a champion. <laughs> I've gone with Ipswich Town to win the league this season. I think, um, obviously, they had a, a massive spending spree at the start of last year, um, going into going into the season, and I think it probably disrupted them a little bit um, based on you know having to having to get everybody to settle um, and you know find the feet if you like. But from what I understand, they've not had that many outgoings this time round. Um, they've probably, I think, they've added a couple as well. So I think they're in a very strong position, um, and I think you know they've, they've probably got the right people to take them forward and um, and uh, you know go ahead and win the league. So it's it's kind of a hunch, really, more than anything else. And obviously, based on fan expectation, a lot of things like that. They they are a club that you know I, I think there's several in the division that I think should probably be higher than they are and I think 
ultimately, I think this is the year that they'll probably get it together. I think it's interesting. I think when we come to the playoffs, you're going to talk about my champ title team and I'm going to talk about your title selection. So, <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I, I don't think that your um, your reasoning is far off. I'm not going to I'm not going to take the piss out of that. Um, that I'll, I'll, I'll come to discuss Ipswich shortly. Yeah. Um, so, runners up then for the title um, and the automatic promotion spot in the division will go to Gaz. It pains me again, actually, <laughs> because it's a team that I really, really don't like with supporters that I do like. They've, they've got some really good supporters active on social media, but they're a team that just make me feel physically sick. Um, and it's MK Dons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's there's not the only thing about them really is this the whole franchise thing that was so long ago it's unbelievable really it is you know and there's worse things happen in football you know everybody will criticize mk dons for being a franchise and then happily watch a world cup in qatar in the middle of the summer so you know it, it's crass hypocrisy um in, in my opinion for football supporters in 2022 to to point mk dons and go they were a franchise team when when some of those supporters will have been five or six when it happened it's crass hypocrisy still do it um i also don't like mk dons because i feel that they kind of there was almost uh, ownership level the arrogance that they built this big stadium and we're better than everybody and, and do you know what in actual fact their recruitment this summer has been done on the back of science and in mm-hmm. Scott Twine, they're basically doing what Peterborough do in that they buy players, they develop players, they sell players on just because I don't like who they are or, or Milton Keynes, by the way, because I got stuck in their Ikea once and it just, I wanted to, um, but you look at their squad and I tell you something again, as I say, players win, win your titles. And I know that might sound silly, but if you, if you buy the best players and you have a half-decent coach, you're in a good position. Liam Manning is more than a half-decent coach. They proved that last season. They played nice football. I don't think they were that much better on their day than we were. I mean, we we beat them. We lost to them 3-2 on a game that we should probably have won 4-3. We went to their place. We lost and, and to defensive errors. But they signed Nathan Holland, uh, who uh, was, was a West Ham winger. He was, I think, at Oxford. I really like him. Um, they've signed Louis Barry on loan, who did really well for Swindon last year. Didn't have a great loan spell at Ipswich, but it was when Ipswich were collecting players like you collect Lego. Dara Burns has signed for them. He's come over from Ireland, so around the same time as Danny Mandrew. Now, I'm going to be a hypocrite because you look at Burns, I think he could do really well. But I'm looking at Mandrew thinking, well, he's got a set, he's got to do this, he's got to do that. It's always easier looking in from the outside, thinking that that's good. When you're on the inside looking out, there's always a little bit more fear, but I like Burns. Bradley Johnson from Blackburn brings a little bit of experience. They've already got Josh McCracken. I think they've signed Will Grigg. They've got Mo Iser on the bench, and that's just a selection. That's just a little kind of, you know, they've got a good squad. My only worry might be squad churn, um, but again, I just think that they are progressing well and they struggled a little bit the season that we did really well under the wage cap because there was a more of a level playing field but the thing is any accusation of them trying to buy success this season is backed up because you sell a player for four million pounds whatever scott twine went for you're entitled Mm -hmm. to buy for players i can't even label them money bags do you know what I mean? And that four million might even might measure out the hundred and twelve pound for every hundred pound they earn which has been my one weapon I don't think I'm going to have any reason other than a grudge from 2004, and that's really not good enough anymore. So MK Don's promoted in second place. 
Yeah, I think that's a you know fair enough reasoning. Um, I've gone with Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I think they had a strong a strong squad last season, um, and I think they kind of they struggled in parts of the season, um, and they, I think some of them you know they, they seem to struggle a little bit for consistency. Um, I think they've from I don't know if they've lost too many people um, over the over the summer, but they've obviously, you know, the big one for me is that they've managed to keep hold of Barry Bannon. He's still there. Um, and they've brought in uh, Michael Ehekwe. Is that, I, I genuinely cannot remember how to sound. To you don't need so. to, you just need to say Michael, that will kill Lincoln and everyone knows who he is. Yes, of course, yeah. Um, they brought him in from Rotherham and also Michael Smith from Rotherham. He's come in um, to kind of bolster the options that they've got there. And I think, um, you know, we obviously turned them over at home. We had a, a very strong game against them away um, and came away with a point last season. I think they're going to be aiming for more consistency this year, and I think they're potentially going to get it. Um, you know, that there's, I think I did see a rumour that they were potentially looking to bring in Malik Wilkes as well, which would be a, a bit of a coup. Um, but yeah, I think that they're, they're you know, made some solid signings. Um, we'll see what happens, but I've got them for uh, second place and automatic promotion back into the championship. Okay. So moving into the playoffs, I'll now pick up on two, if that's all right, because I'll pick up on the two you've spoken yep. about. And then I yep. think you've got both of my playoff teams in the playoffs. So we'll pick up on those. So two of my playoff teams are Ipswich Town and Sheffield Wednesday. Now Sheffield Wednesday are a team that I'm going to be talking about quite a bit, actually. Uh, through the course of this podcast. You're quite right. Some of their signings um, look very, very good. Ben Hennigan, um, they've brought in, they've brought in Will Vokes. You've said Michael Smith. You've said Michael, that'll kill Lincoln. Um, Akin Femwo from Norwich is a, he's a, he's a good lad that they've brought in. They good level uh, for this level. Tyreek Bakinson or Bakinson from Bristol City as well. Made some good signings. You're quite correct. They haven't lost that many players. Sam Hutchinson's gone, but he was kind of an ageing centre that they lost Saido Berinio, who wouldn't get in your a five-a-side team where you only have four players. I wouldn't pick Berinio. <laughs> um, no, I, I wouldn't. You know, his, his attitude has been wrong his entire career, and you know he should be much, much better than League One, and he isn't. Um, and, and Nathaniel Mendes Lang, I think, on to Derby, so they haven't lost that many players. So by my rationale earlier of saying that the best teams with the best players do well, Sheffield Wednesday should be in the automatic promotion spots, and they're the team that the Stacey West readers. Uh, they're the team rather that the Stacey West readers put on top of the table. Um, I also look at players like uh, Dennis Adeniran and um, and Barry Bannon, like you said. Very, very good. Bannon shouldn't be playing at this level. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Although he was owned by um, Luis Fiorini uh, in the home game. <laughs> um, I've got some fundamental worries about Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, I still think they're a bit of a basket case club with the owner. They're one of those, when a club comes down and they've either been hit by financial penalties or they've struggled, the owners nearly always move on. You look at Wigan, you look at Derby, you look at Bolton many moons ago. Um, uh, Coventry, I think, kind of sorted themselves out a little bit, to be fair. But but it, you know, usually rogue owners move on and, and that hasn't happened. The Mad Bastards are still, you know, in charge. Mm. Of the asylum at, at, at um, Sheffield Wednesday, pardon the, the mental health pond, which wasn't meant to be offensive there. I'm also not sold on Darren Moore 
if I'm honest, as a manager. Okay. I think the, the Sheffield Wednesday squad from last season was good enough to be um, successful in the top six, and it didn't happen. So, But I've put them in the playoffs anyway because they, they've got a strong set of, of players. And if Moore has a bad start, they've got the sort of chairman that will go, out you go, bring someone else in. And I think the right manager at Sheffield Wednesday kicks them on. Ipswich... Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, they've got some players who last season didn't pull up trees like um, Aloku and, and Connor Chaplin have stayed there, who I think are very good players. Norwood and, and, and Joe Piggott have gone. Um, they've got Tyrese John-Jules on loan, who has been you know, poor in every loan spell that he's had. He didn't do that well at Blackpool. When you've when you've had two or three loan spells in League One and you go to the Championship, then your next loan spells in League One, that's not the right progression. But... I think he's now of an age where he could come in at League One level and, uh, and do a decent job. They've signed Freddie Ladapo. Um, people are raving about that. Oh, I, I, I don't get it with Freddie Ladapo, if I'm honest. I don't. Um, he, he comes across as a disruptive influence. He was when he was at Plymouth. He was when he was at Rotherham. Um, and, and people say he's a lethal finisher. I, I, you know, I, I'm not sure that he is. I'm not sure that he is. He's, he's not a bad League One player, but I don't think he's as good as all that. Having said that, They've still got a good squad. I like Kieran McKenna. He did a decent job with them. They played us off the park at their place. We, we weren't even in you know, at the races. They didn't deserve the win at the beginning of the season, but it was a different manager. And I just I think Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday are likely to be fifth and sixth, clinging on the coattails. There's other teams that will be knocking on the door, but I, I think that they'll just have enough quality to get in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so um, throw it out to you to talk about your two. two yeah, I mean, you know, like you say, the, the two that I've I've sort of picked there. Um, I, I was toying between uh, uh, Peterborough and Plymouth because I thought Plymouth might kick on from last season, see how they get, you know, see how they go. Uh, obviously, surprised a lot of people last year, but yeah, I think um, for the reasons that you've said, essentially, um, I think Peterborough probably looking to bounce straight back um they've got the resource to do it they've got the right method you know they've got the right plan behind them business wise um and it always makes me feel a little dirty saying that about Peterborough but it's it's very true you know they've got the right business mentality about how to run the club they they're sustainable um and ultimately i think they're the blueprint for for how lincoln should be trying to you know model themselves at the minute um and i think they've probably got you know enough strength in them to to at least hit the playoffs this season. Um and the other one, like I said, MK Dons. Um I think the the top the top few teams in the division, I think there's going to be a lot of very similar like predictions. Well I did look at the um uh, I did look at the the list that was put together by you know by the list uh, by the readers and the number of uh different teams in at number one that people su- uh, suggested and or submitted was quite I was quite amazed by that. I thought that's there's a lot of variation in who people think is going to win the league which you know shows how eight. open it is but it, eight, eight yeah there you go so eight different teams that people eight, think eight are going different to, teams yeah yeah they're going to win the league so it shows that there's you know the, the league is competitive and it is going to be a very difficult league um but there are you know those teams at the top and or people that think are going to be at the top end so yeah i mean mk i think like you say when you've got the likes of you know Matthew Dennis and um, and Moisa already well Moisa there. You bring in Matthew Dennis, you bring in Will Grigg, you bring in Connor Grant. I think it's going to be an interesting one. Um, so, yeah, 
I did all my research on that. Even that uh, uh, Connor Grant, he was at um, Rochdale, wasn't he? But um, it was Peter, wasn't Dennis, it? And Connor Grant was he? I thought he was at Rochdale. Matthew Dennis is he's the only. Uh, oh yeah, sorry, yeah, it was Rochdale. Yeah, my bad. Matthew Dennis was. Is that, they signed him. I I hadn't picked him up. Well, he was National League, wasn't he last season? Uh, yeah, if they brought him in. I think he was a loan from end. Norwich. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. They again. They're not the the ones that stuck out, but it's like you said, they've got such good recruitment. So. Yeah. Um. And you know, as you said, you can't you can't be you can't be annoyed at them because they've uh, they've done it the right way this time. Mm. So. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to give me your other two picks for um for the playoffs then? Yeah. All right. So uh, I've gone for Wickham. Uh, and the note that I've made next to them literally is just hard as fuck. It's literally what I've written here. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think what you've got with Wickham is a formula that will always be hard to beat. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> the better the division gets in terms of technical teams with with your MK Dons and your Peterboroughs and your Ipswiches and your Sheffield Wednesdays and, and other teams that we're going to mention, the better that the league gets with those, the more successful Wickham will be. Because the teams that can beat Wickham are the ones that out-Wickham them. Um, and I just always think in every division, there's always always a, a, a platform for a team like them that are just horrible. You know, they create a lot of chances, they get the ball into key areas. They're still kind of you know, had the, not the championship money, but they had decent players from coming down last season. And I just, yeah, they're, they're just so hard to beat. And you know what? Last season, League One wasn't a good division. Let's talk about it as, you know, as much as one we didn't do well, but the, the team that went up weren't that good. Wigan were were decent, but do you know what I mean? Like Rotherham, yeah, they, they didn't do badly against us, but we should have beaten them at their place. There wasn't a massive mm-hmm. gap. Um, and I think like Rotherham going up particularly shows that hard work, application, fitness can get you so far. Being nasty can get you so far. Gillingham would have done better if it hadn't been for the fact that they'd had Steve Evans and he didn't have the recruitment. Wickham are basically like Gillingham on steroids. Like, do you know what? Gillingham are like Dr. Banner, Wickham's like Hulk. They're, they're kind of all puffed up, um, and I can. Ju- I just think that that's that's something that upsets teams at this level, to, especially someone like Forest Green, for instance, or teams coming up who think, "Oh, we're going up, we're going to play a bit more football now," blah blah blah, and then they just come up against Wickham. It's like, wow. Um, so I think that I'll be in the playoffs. The other team I've gone for is Charlton Athletic. Not a lot of people tip in Charlton. That baffles me. Absolutely baffles me. Um, I mean, you think that they've got they've got Stephen Fraser, they've got Conor McGrandles, they've got Jack Payne, and whatever you think, people talk to me and say, oh, Jack Payne wasn't that good for us. He, he was inconsistent because we changed managers, we didn't know where to play him, a manager that came in didn't fancy him. Jack Payne was superb for the first few games under Danny Cowley. He was creative. I remember that the game would be Accrington 2-0, the first game. I remember looking at him, uh, linking up with George Grant, just thinking, wow, this is amazing. Jack Payne will do well at this level. Conor McGrandles, we know, does what he does. Um, Stephen Fraser, great. They've got Jaden Stockley still. They've signed um, Stephen Sessignon on loan from Fulham. I think that's a really interesting signing as well. I've just got a feeling with Charlton that, um, that that they're in a position now where where they can challenge for the playoffs. And I think that they shouldn't surprise people by getting in there because they're a former Premier League club. They've been an established championship club. It shouldn't be a surprise. But I think some people, you know, looking at the the, the Stacey West um, predictions, they've got Charlton kind of 11th or 12th, something like that. That really surprises me because I think they're going to have a good season. I think they're a, 
they're the kind of club that, unless you're, I mean, it's going to be something you'd be said about most of them, to be honest, but like, you know, unless you're kind of following them quite closely, that they, they can almost slip under the radar a little bit, which is a strange thing to say when you consider that, you know, they're Charlton and they've, they've, they've been a former Premier League club, like you say. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't have put them there, but, uh, you know, again, that's probably because I've not been paying that close attention to them, to be honest. The point is they're not the biggest fallen star in the division. Yes. And I think yeah. that's why people overlook them. But conversely, lots and lots of people are talking about Bolton Wanderers. And for me, very, very little difference. Very little difference. Well, it's funny you should say that because the uh, <laughs> the two that I've picked as my final two uh, playoff positions are indeed two fallen stars. Um, we have Portsmouth and Bolton. Um, I think Portsmouth have, have done some, you know, sensible recruitment. I think um, obviously losing Marcus Harness is is one of those things that mm, you know will people you know will people potentially struggle with that. But then they go and bring in Colby Bishop, so you know we kind of know what Colby Bishop can do uh, for a team that would you know have typically been tipped to struggle. Um, so I wouldn't you know the, the expectation is on him there uh, to do well. Um, they've obviously got you know brought Josh Griffiths in on loan. Um, we know what he's about. You know, you know he's a good solid keeper. Um, and I think again they've they've kept some players that you know are well are, are quality. Um, you know, you look at um, I think they've brought in is it Marlon Pack from Cardiff. I think came in. Um, he's a you know. It seems to be a very decent signing for them. Um, obviously, they've got Joe Morell there, and we know, you know, what he's about. And I just think it's uh, it's a, a positive summer from Portsmouth. And I think, you know, we we know that, you know, the the, the manager down there can get the best out of players when he needs to. Um, so I think they're in for a good season this year. Um, and the other team, uh, like I said, is Bolton Wanderers. I think. They've had their dip now. They've had their slump. Um, they obviously had a, a very, very difficult time. Um, I think there was some, there was some potential talk at one point of them even getting, um, uh, even getting some points deducted this season. I think I, I don't. I'm probably just talking out my ass there. Um, I am. Yeah, Gaz is nodding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know they, they've. I think again. They they seem to be a solid side. Um, they, they kind of did fairly well in the back half of last season, and I think they can carry that on through this year. Um, you know, they've got I think they've kept hold of uh, the likes of Kyle Dempsey. Um, they've not brought too many in, I don't think. I think they've only brought in three or four, maybe. Um, I know they've got a, a keeper in on loan, um, but yeah, it'd be very interesting to see how Bolton do. Um, you know, they're not losing players left, right, and centre, and they're also you know, keeping themselves relatively steady given the absolute madness that's happened before. Um, and I think they will be in and around it as well. Yeah, just to pick up on those, I'm not a big fan of Ian Ever at Bolton, if I'm honest. Okay. Um, and they're a team, I think, that will could find themselves stranded in mid-table. They haven't done a lot of recruitment. And, and one of the points that we're making about us is we haven't done an awful lot of recruitment and there was like eight seven or eight places between us and Bolton so you know again it's that interesting 
interesting perception, isn't it, of how different it is when you're on the inside looking mm. out, you think, oh, Bolton, they're this, they're that. When you're on the outside looking in, do you know what I mean? It's, mm. um, it, it is different. They have signed Jack Idell from Cambridge, uh, decent signings. You say they've got a couple of lone players as well. So they're not, they're not somebody that I had... Uh, I've, I've tipped for anything in particular. Portsmouth's a really interesting one. You didn't actually pick up on on what I think is their strongest sign in the summer, which is Joe Piggott. Um, mm. And Piggott's joined on loan from Ipswich and they've sold Harness to Ipswich. I always got the impression that Marcus Harness was somebody that um, that Danny wanted to shift from the wage bill. Um, Piggott and Colby are the most Danny Cowley strikers that you can possibly imagine um, because they'll be target men, they'll keep the ball, they'll, they'll be hard workers, but you can hit them quick. And Danny loves it when you can hit them quick and hold the ball up, keep the pressure off the defence. Uh, so, do you know what? I think that they'll be on the fringes. Um, I really do. And and it was close whether I picked Portsmouth or Wickham. Uh, but I just I, I just think that, yeah, I think I think that, um, that, that, that it will be a... The challenge for Portsmouth, what I'm trying to say here, is their support, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Because their support expect so much, and especially now they've got their strikers, it'll be interesting to see how their support goes if these signings, which look good on paper, as you've spoken about, don't immediately go well. Colby Bishop's an interesting one. I mean, I don't know if you followed that transfer, but he was he was in Blackpool, uh, okay, ready to sign for Michael Appleton. It was in the bag. Uh, and then 24 hours later, he's signing for Portsmouth. And there's been not a war of words, but there's been some needle between Danny and Michael over it. In that Colby Bishop's rocked up at Portsmouth and said, this is who we wanted to sign for. And Danny said, yeah, we wanted to come here. And this was his first choice. And we've been able to make it happen, suggesting that it was almost like an agent or something pushing him to Blackpool. And then Michael said something in the paper along the lines of, well, we'll let them have their day. And I might speak about what happened further down the line and all this sort of thing. So um, could be a really tough season, by the way, for Blackpool. Um, and that's not connected to Michael. They're missing out on transfer targets and all sorts. But... Mm-hmm. I think that Joe Piggott's a bigger sign. And Joe Piggott was superb for Wimbledon for a couple of seasons. If I remember correctly, he was at Maidstone a few years ago, scored a few goals for them. I really like Piggott. I would have loved us to have signed him. I'd have loved us to have signed him, but um, but we haven't. So there we go. But yeah, it's good. Do you know what? I'm not going to ridicule you. I certainly think Portsmouth is is a really good pick. Um, you know, Bolton, it's, it is what it is. But we're, we're not a million miles <laughs> away. I think there's only two, you know, there's only two of the six teams in the top six that we differ on. Uh, mm. And I can see your other two picks being potentially in and around it. So, yeah. Um, so, shall we go for a dark horses then? Because yes. uh, this is, I think this is the one that we actually agree on, isn't it? It is the one we agree on. It is. Um, so, we have both picked uh, Bristol Rovers for our dark horses uh, i'll give you my reasoning i do you know what they they made a signing I, I i got it wrong the other day i was on my dog walk and i said they'd sign carl dempsey it's not carl dempsey that they signed i knew it was jordan rossiter they've signed i like jordan rossiter um i think he's a good player i think bristol rovers have got whatever you say about joey barton he knows this division he's been successful in this division before with fleetwood um i think that they are on the crest of a wave. The way that they came up with that big 7-0 win and, and kind of creeping into the automatic promotion spots, momentum is a big thing. And, and if you're a team, for instance, that finished second but lost two or three on the bounce, that can kind of it not affect you going into the new season. But you know, 
when you've got a 7-0 win, the mood's high, everything's up, everything's moving forward. They've got a decent squad. They've got Harvey Saunders there, who I quite like. Zane Westbrook, who was at Coventry City for a while, he joined them when they were in League One. He's still there, and a, a decent midfielder. Obviously, they've got Harry Anderson, who um, I think is a League One winger. I think he's a good League One winger. Uh, but the the other the two big signings for me, or one big signing and one player is already there. I think John Marquis is a good signing for them mm-hmm. because I think that they'll play two up top. We played Marquis and Hopper, which is basically like playing you know the same striker kind of type of striker. But I think yep. that they're going to be a little bit different. I think they'll pair Marquis with a different type. I think they'll play to his strengths. If they play to his strengths, look, my John Marquis has scored. 20 goals this season. Simple as that. And we didn't play to his strengths. Portsmouth didn't play to his strengths. He didn't have a manager who appreciated him. If he's in a team with a manager that appreciates him, he scores 20 goals. You have a striker that scores 20 goals in a season, you don't finish in the bottom four. Um, and also the heartbeat in the midfield, Paul Coots. Um, I really like him. I think he was at Sheffield United. He's 33, but he's he's their Liam Bridcup figure. And I think with the momentum and everything, Bristol Rovers, I, I'd certainly tip them for a top half finish and with a good a good set of results or a good good run and i think they could trouble the top six yeah i think um i think there's there's you know a slight romantic aspect to it as well you know like you say you come in off the back of the most ridiculous final day score i've ever seen um and it's you know there's something there that's you know potentially some other fans would be almost you know not they wouldn't begrudge you if he did well the following season. Um, and like I say, I think I think Marcus is a big signing for them. I think he'll do I think he'll do some good numbers there. Um, your comment the other day on Twitter, I think it was of, you know, having John Marcus on the end of Harry Anderson's crosses. So that 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 would be perfect. Um and yeah, I think Harry Anderson still could do a will do a good job in League One. Um and I'm uh, I'm excited to see what Bristol Rovers can do because, you know. I like to see former players do well. Um, and Harry Anderson is obviously a bit of a Lincoln legend. So I'd like to see him do well for them, but obviously not when they play us. Yeah, I don't want to see him do well. I don't like Joey Barton at all. Well, yeah, he is a prick. Um, and, yeah. and I don't want to see John Marquis score 20 goals a season because it, then people start saying, well, why didn't we sign him? I do want H to do well. Um, I'm not excited to see what Bristol Rovers can do. I just think that they'll do well. Mm. That's what I'm saying. I'm not excited to see anybody in this division other than Lincoln City. No, that's, that's, that's true. Um, right. Sorry, I'm going to pick you up on the throwaway comment. But I'm just, <laughs> you know, it takes more to excite me than you, doesn't it? That's why I'm I would ex- Marvel movies. Although you did, you're the one that's used a Marvel reference in the podcast so far. <sighs> I thought Hulk was DC. No. No, Gary. Oh, no, I'll have to I'm educate you, mate. A, um, teenager. No, you will not. <laughs> Um, do you want to do the surprise strugglers or the bottom four first? I think we said bottom four, didn't we? We did say bottom four. And also the way that you said that is the way that I introduced going out for a walk to my dog. <laughs> do you want to? <laughs> surprise he hasn't come in now. Yeah, let's do let's do bottom four. Should we do uh we'll do the one that we both agree on and then we can just alternate one after the other. Do you reckon? Yep. Yeah, so if you want to start Can you remember which one we both agree I on? I think. If I remember correctly, I think it was Morecambe. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Oh. Um, <laughs> was it Cheltenham? It was Cheltenham. Cheltenham so the first, yeah. the first team that we're both going, uh, the first yeah. team that we're both going to pick is, is Cheltenham Town now. Um, I tipped them to stay up last season when an awful lot of people were tipping them to go down. 
Uh, and I could, I could see with Michael Duff that the progression, they were on the crest of a wave. They, you know, they'd, they'd done really well, I felt, um, in League Two. They did really well last season, stay up uh, and, and comfortably as well. You know, they weren't involved particularly in the relegation scrap. Uh, but when they came to our place, you know, we rolled them over with ease. I know they were already safe. Uh, Duff has now gone. He's gone to Barnsley. Um, Wade Elliott, is it Wade Elliott? I think has stepped up. The former mm-hmm. um, Burnley man uh, uh, stepped up there. Which again, he, no, he's only like it's only like um, Mark Kennedy coming in. You know, former under twenty three and, 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 and reserve coach, but he's coming into a team who were probably more likely to struggle at this level than let's say we are, given the, the squad and uh, and the means. Um, I've looked through their signings. They've already maxed out their loans. Now, for me, I think that the loan market is quite stagnant mm-hmm. at the moment. I think that, um, you know, having chatted to somebody at the club earlier today, kind of said, look, there's, you know, there's business in the pipeline, but we're waiting for X and Y to happen further down the line. And that is predominantly things like teams coming back from pre-season mm-hmm. tours and letting players go out on loan. If you're a team that's already made five loans at this stage, I think that you've shown your hand very, very early, a degree of perhaps recruitment naivety. Uh, and I just think it will be a tough, tough time for for Cheltenham. I wouldn't pick anybody to finish bottom, by the way, because I no. think that that is going to be a real scrap. It'll be a lot, lot closer. I can't see any team being cut adrift at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why I've gone for Cheltenham. Cool. Um, I have gone for Cheltenham for kind of similar reasons. I think, you know, when you lose Michael Duffy, he's, he's kind of the talisman, isn't he, um, for them. And uh, I think... I think they're probably going to struggle. Um, you know, the, the, I don't think they've had the best recruitment so far. Um, like you said, that when you are kind of reliant on well, maxing out your loans, I, I agree with you. I think that they've, you know, shown the hand very, very early. Um, and, you know, I'm intrigued to see how um, Dan Lundlew does again. Um, he obviously went there towards the end of the season, got himself injured. Um, and, you know, we didn't really see anything from him after that. I think he scored on his debut, but it was a very, very easy goal um, from what I remember. Um, so, yeah, it'd be, be, be interesting to see how he does. Um, but I think they're probably, yeah, on in, in danger for sure. Um, so... Um, I might as well do my next pick because um, I've already let it slip and I think it's going to be Morecambe. Um, I know Morecambe are the perennial club that always seem to somehow survive on the last day or you know the, the, the last few days of the season. Um, I, I just think it's probably their time. Um, you know, that they've, that they're kind of, again, They'd lost a couple of players. Um, I think they've kept on quite a few, uh, kept hold of an awful lot. But when you when you're the perennial overachievers of the division, I I just think my time's going to be up. Um, you know the, the the people that they brought in seem to primarily be from um, the league below. Obviously, they've brought in Max Melbourne, um, who you know. According to one of the podcasts out there, is is going to be a big miss for us, um, but I don't think we really believe that was that. a slip. George Ellick did say he meant George, uh, Cohen Bramall. They've been recording for five hours. He did tweet. Oh, did he? Oh, I missed yeah, that. He did. Okay, well, um, fair enough. But yeah, I think um, I, I think 
Kurt, Morecambe are going to struggle this year um, because I think the league is getting stronger um, and the more and more, you know, the more it goes on. Um, and I, I, I just think it's going to be uh, their year to drop, unfortunately. Um, so your next pick for relegation. Well, first of all, I'm going to just pick you up on Morecambe, if that's all right. Um, because okay. they're not perennial strugglers at this level. Last season was their first season in League One. Um, they were only promoted the year before. So they haven't struggled regularly at this level. They were near relegation in League Two for that many years. Sorry, yes, yes. Got promoted. So just to, just to yeah. clarify. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't picked them. And I just want to justify why I haven't picked them. Um, because actually, I think that they could be the modern Morecambe, the, new, uh, the, the modern um, Accrington, rather. Mm-hmm. In that every year you look at them, every year you think it's their time. Yeah, they get two, two and a half thousand. Their, their signings are uninspiring. They are Farron Rawson, very, very good for Mansfield, by the way, a couple of years ago. Um, Jake Taylor, decent signing. Uh, Donald Love was at Manchester United and Sunderland. So actually, I think that there's a little bit to work with there. Max Melbourne, you know, I remember talking to Pete saying he's a lower end League One, you know, kind of mid table League Two type player, but. Um, the manager there, whose name escapes me, and I can picture him now, and he's the Scottish fella, and he was Derek at Plymouth. Adams. Derek Adams, thank you. Um, but the manager there, Derek Adams, was there before. He's the one that got promoted. They were promoted against all odds. They're the new against all odds team, and I, I, I just think that they have got what it takes to stay up. Uh, the team, the next team that I think have not got what it takes to stay up, and it gives me great pleasure, great pleasure <laughs> to say this, it's Forest Green Rovers. Um, I'm going for Forest Green. I've done it. I'm there. I don't care. It is a little bit personal. I do dislike Forest Green. Um, but I think that they've had a tough summer. They've lost their manager, Rob Edwards, who, who obviously finally got them promoted after the years of Mark Cooper. And um, they've lost some significant players as well. I don't, I don't know if you remember, but Abui Adams was uh, was once of Norwich City. And I think he had a trial with us at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's gone. Uh, Kane Wilson has gone, who was another one of their big players last season. And Nicky Cadden's gone. He's joined Barnsley. So the kind of three of their key players from last season have gone. They've made some signings on paper that don't look bad. David Davis was at Shrewsbury, but you kind of think, oh, you know, he was he, he was a lower end league one player while he was at Shrewsbury. Reese Brown's come back. He was at Huddersfield, but you remember Reese Brown from a couple of years ago with them in League Two, and I think he went off to Peterborough. He's come back, but. I just, I don't know. They've got Ian Birchnell there. He's another unproven manager. And the league one is, it's it's full of unproven managers. And here's me, a hypocrite, mm. going, not the top 20. I've got us 24th because they say we've got an unproven manager. Well, you know, it's for me saying Forest Green and Cheltenham are going down because they've got unproven managers. Um, not just because of that. I hopefully have backed that up as well. I can understand, even while I'm saying these words, why some, why some people have gone, well, Lincoln will go down, because it's the same points I'm making for these teams that I'm making for the other teams. Um, and, and Forest Green are on a high. They've, they've just won the division. Uh, but they did stumble to the title, didn't they, rather than mm. kind of thrash their way through to it, albeit under another manager. So I also think that they have this principle of playing a certain way, and I think that we saw last season that, you know, if you do insist on playing out from the back and don't do it particularly well, you will get punished. And Forest Green have never done it particularly well. Might change under Birchnell, but um, for me, they're relegation fodder. OK. Um, I mean, I'd love it. I'd love it. It's, it's yeah. Initially, um, I had them as my dark horses, but then I looked into it a little bit more and thought, oh, no. Um, so there we go. 
Um, Cracking insight there, Ben. Thanks for that. That's all right. That's what happens when you do research, Gary. Yeah. Um, well, if, you so, do, if it's nuggets like that we get when you do research, don't bother next time. Um, <laughs> so, um, my next pick uh, is Burton Albion. I think, again, they're a team that they always seem to be uh, a pick for you know people to struggle and i think they've got you know they've got a few players that I'd, i would probably say oh yeah, it'd be interesting to to see how they do at lincoln but i yeah I, I i just don't think they've got what it takes to stay in the division this season um you know i think obviously we haven't seen them but we saw them twice last season and they they're not a good side or they weren't a good side last season um so I think it's probably, you know, that they're going to really struggle this year. Um, and that is probably about as much insight as I can give you into Burton Albion um, oh. as to why I think they're going to drop down. I can tell you why they're not going to drop down, if you want. Because they're robust. They're like a hybrid of, of like a, a Wickham and a, a decent football inside. Um, they are strong. They've signed Victor um, Adebiejo from Barnsley, who I think will be... Uh, a good kind of a centre-forward focal point for their attack, which um, they probably lacked a little bit when they lost Lucas Aikens. They signed Tyler Onyango on loan from Everton, who I think is the sort of midfielder that if we'd signed, I would have gone, yeah, that's a decent signing. That. I think he's got a good bit of technical ability. Callum Butcher from Dundee United is a decent signing as well. They also re-signed Joe Powell, player that I really like. I've always said this about Joe Powell. He left West Ham for Burton at the same time that that um, Anthony Scully came and we were linked with Powell. He was out of contract this summer and I was just hoping just to see Lincoln City linked with Joe Powell. He's not, but he's gone back there as well. I think that they'll have enough to stay up, um, unlike Fleetwood, who were my pick. Mm -hmm. uh, again, it's another manager change. So Scott Brown's gone in there from um, from Celtic, the former Celtic player. I do always have yeah, massive question marks over former player going kind of straight into management. It always sets alarm bells ringing. You think about Chris Sutton and and, and Ian Pearce. It, it does just worry me. What does Scott Brown know about the, the, the lower part, the lower echelons of the um, of the football league? I'm not really sure. Um, I felt that Fleetwood last season kind of stumbled to safety in a bad division. I think they finished below us. I'll be honest, if you finished below us last season, given how poor we were, you probably deserved to go down um, because aside from a good start, we probably deserved it. You know, it was only because Crew and Doncaster were so bad. It was like who, who wanted to go down the most, not who wanted to stay up. And I think in any other division and any other season, Fleet would probably go down. Um, I can see that they've made some signings, but if Callum Morton's your headline signing, striker signing over the course of a summer, again, I'd just be a little bit concerned about that. I don't think he did particularly well for Fleetwood last season. I don't think he's a threat at this level. He will inevitably score three against us now. I've said that, but um, again, Fleetwood are one of those teams that have been in steady regression. They were doing very well under Jerry Barton when the money was flowing. I think that as wages have gone up and as they've started kind of just spending a little bit less, you know, the, their, their, their natural level, which is probably non-league, but I, you know, it's say that is probably not non-league non -league now, um, but their, their natural level will be found out. Um, Josh Hill was a decent signing for them, if I'm honest. Um, Josh Vailer's kind of, 
the way he left Shrewsbury, he had agreed to go back to Shrewsbury. Apparently, it was all going to be unveiled, and then Shrewsbury even believed he was going to be, and then all of a sudden, Fleetwood announced him. Um, I'm not sure that's the sort of shithouse I'd want around my team, to be honest. So, if they don't go down, um, they will almost certainly be in the bottom six. But they do; they have signed what I think is the the player with the best name um, this summer. They signed Promise. Promise Omacheri. I really like that. Promise, Promise Omacheri. Yeah. Isn't that what? Uh, no, I'm not going to make a joke on that. I'm not going to make a joke on that because no, that's, that's, that's a bit harsh. Um, no, okay. Interesting one. Um, my final pick, and this is where I think I was I, I was saying about, uh, you know, more can be in the perennial struggles in League One. I meant, obviously, League Two, but the the ones that constantly surprise in terms of the, the size of the club uh, is is Accrington Stanley and I think you know I think they would potentially struggle this season. Um, it's well documented that you know they they they've run very well. They're running on a tight budget. They're running on basically a shoestring, and um, you know I think Andy Holt is probably a chairman who is obviously not afraid to share his views on stuff, um, and he's obviously got you know big beef with the EFL in general um, but I think in terms of on the pitch stuff they've I don't know I like John Coleman I like Accrington as a club um, I think they do what they do well um, I again similar to the, the other picks for me, my picks to go down I just think they it's it's a very very strong division this season and I think teams will potentially find Accrington out a lot easier than they will with other teams Um not not basing it on a huge amount other than a bit of a hunch, but we'll see. I can see why you've called it. I mean, they've lost Mass Bat Butcher and Ross Sykes as well as Colby Bishop. So they've lost kind of three of their, their key players. And when you look at the players they've signed, Sean Wally from Shrewsbury again was you know, was a part of an uninspiring Shrewsbury team. And then, you know, Mo Sanger, I think, was there last year anyway, and Matt Lowe and um El Haggy Sisse have both come in from, from non-league teams, but that's kind of what they do. And again, actually looking at that, there's an element yeah. around who they've signed as us. And, yeah. and, you know, Charlie Kendall and Ben House and Jay Ben, for instance. So um, I get what you're saying. I, I think whilst John Coleman's there, they have enough to stay up over other people. And I think their longevity at this level kind of underlines that, but I can see why you've picked them. The other team I've picked uh, is another one of the promoted teams. And I was actually really close, as you know, we were discussing off air and I'd, I'd kind of, I'd said, oh, I thought I'd put Morecambe there and I hadn't put Morecambe there. I'd put Port Vale there. Uh, and Port Vale and Exeter are, are, are a bit of a muchness because they've both come up. They've both had very low squad churn. Exeter have signed two players and that's this week. That's all summer. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Vale have, uh, have signed a few more, but when you look at it, they've still got quite a, a small squad. Um, their manager, I think, is um, uh, Daryl Clark, who has been at this level before and kind of found it a little bit difficult at Bristol Rovers and ended up leaving. Um, they have signed a couple of players. You picked up on uh, Gavin Massey from Wigan, who, who kind of does understand the level. I liked the look of Funso Ojo, who's come from Aberdeen, but I think he was at Scunthorpe um, uh, a few years ago. Uh, I don't know. Something about Port Vale, just to me, 
they don't look to have the momentum. They've come up through the playoffs. I get that, um, but I just I'm just not convinced. I'm I'm not. It, it, it's one of those picks where I can understand why D three, D four, and, and and people like that have had um, such a problem picking relegated teams. I've just had a count up, and the, there was um, fourteen different teams picked for relegation by Stacey West readers, and, mm. and that for me just underlines exactly how close the bottom half could be and, and outside the ones that we've picked other people have picked Texas City Cambridge United Shrewsbury Town us Bristol Rovers uh Bolton Wanderers have been picked I mean somebody even put Barnsley in 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 20th um I think it just goes to show you that actually the the league is is good and bad in equal measure um and you know I picked Paul Vale. I could quite easily pick Cambridge, who have been decimated. Yeah, they've lost Jack Iredale. They haven't made massive signings that you look and think, wow. But then how many times have we just said that? We've just gone through an entire list. And at aside from the big spenders, nobody's ripped, any, ripped up any trees with signings. And it's, how do you know what a good signing is as well? Mm. When we try and analyse our own signings, we say, well, it's only a good signing depending on how he plays or depending on how he doesn't play. He might be a bad signing this season, a good signing next season. Max Sanders could be a strong player for us this season, but he was not a great signing in the January when he didn't do anything. So it's really easy um, to just kind of go, oh, I think Paul Vale will be relegated or I think Exeter will be relegated. Um, when, when in actual fact, you know, outside of one or two key drivers like new managers and like losing key players from last season, it's really hard to predict. Mm. It is. It's easier yeah. to be non-specific, isn't it? And go, we think there'll be surprise strugglers because then you know we'll pick us. We're going to pick a surprise struggler. I mean, it's easy to say that because then if they come somewhere like 16, you go, well, yeah, that was a bit of a surprise, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my surprise struggler, um, or strugglers, sorry, are Derby County. I think um, you know some people might say, oh, well, it's, you know, it's an obvious pick for a struggler, but. You know, you've got several people picking them to go straight back up. Um, I don't think they will. I think the fact that they've signed, I think, is it 10 or 11 players because they just didn't have players before. Um, you know, obviously the financial problems that were there, well documented. It was absolute chaos there. And I think at one point they didn't know if they're going to have a club this season. Um, but, you know, while they're bringing in quality players... I think you mentioned squad churn um, with Exeter and the fact that there isn't squad churn there. You've only had two players. I think the fact that they basically had to rebuild the entire squad, it's going to take them a little bit of time you know, to gel and it is going to take, well, yeah, I, I think it's going to be an interesting few months for Derby. Um, you know, I know a couple of Derby fans uh, at work and they're, they're, they're a little bit worried about the season, to be honest. Um, they're not sure... You've obviously got the, the bullish ones that are saying, "Oh, we're going to piss the league. It's going to be brilliant." And then there's a couple that are, are genuinely a little bit worried as to how it's all going to fit back together. Um, obviously, they've got a, you know someone at the helm now who is a Derby fan who understands the club, who understands what the fans want. Um, but we've seen it before with the likes of Sunderland, with the likes of Ipswich, with the likes of Portsmouth. When teams come down into this division with a bit of a chip on the shoulder and saying, oh, well, we, you know, we'll piss it straight away. We're going to go straight back up. That can sometimes feed back into, into the players and, and maybe a little bit of kind of arrogance around the club in general that they're going to just go straight back up. And I, I don't think it's going to happen this season for Derby. Um, and the other thing as well is, you know, people say that we look a little bit light on numbers. Derby's squad is smaller than our squad. Um, so they've not got a lot of depth couple of injuries and 
you know they they will find themselves in a worse position than we did last season, uh, which is going to say some, you know that's saying something when you consider how bad our position was. So I wouldn't be too surprised to see Derby finishing in the bottom half. Um, it's a bold shout, I know, but I I just think there's a lot of a lot of expectation on them, and it's just whether they can kind of match that or you know whether there will be something that scuppers the season. I don't you say it's bold. I, I can understand the reasoning behind it. And you look at the players they've signed, um, the boy from Preston, Barcuse, and um, then Nathaniel Mandis Lang, James Chester. I mean, David McGoldrick's obviously been playing uh, for Sheffield United. James Collins, you'll remember from being at Luton Town and playing phenomenal for Luton Town for years. Corey Smith from Chef Wednesday, uh, from, from Swansea. The big one, Connor Hurahan, who's got no business in League One. He's, he's basically like Barry Bannon all over again. You know, individually, they've got some very good players. Are these players capable of coming together and playing well in League One or not? We've seen dare I say, Billy Big Bollocks teams come into this division before Sunderland putting together the sort of squad that's got no business in League One and then having, you know, all of their business done in League One for two or three seasons in a row because they're not good enough. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they come together. It's a rookie manager. They're a small squad. I think you're quite right. If they get off to a, t- a poor start like Ipswich did and you're playing catch-up in October, um, you know, you, you can be Derby County, you can be Man United, but if you've only got 10 or 12 points on the board going into October and then suddenly you come into your own, you're still not going to win the league because you're so far behind. I can understand why you've picked them. I do think that the quality that they've got, actually, they'll be picking a few teams apart. And I think that, I think they'll be on the fringes of the playoffs, but not there. Um, so I've got two teams. And uh, the first one I've already talked about, and that's Chef Wednesday. Now, I've picked Chef Wednesday for the playoffs, um, which makes me sound like a hypocrite. But there's a bit of me that says that they could be surprise strugglers. Why surprise strugglers? One, I've picked them for the playoffs, so it'd be a surprise to me. Um, but also <laughs> because people have picked them to be up there. They've made all these big signings. For me, the big question marks over Darren Moore. And and if you are Chef Wednesday, you've signed these players and you get off to a slow start, let's say you're six, seventh, eighth after 10 games. If the chairman does do what he has a habit of doing and pulling the trigger and and then did the ring or making an appointment and that appointment comes in and he starts taking players out and swapping them around. And like Michael Appleton did when Danny Cowley left, he came in, he started taking the team apart mid-season. We didn't get the results. Then we did. Then we fell away again. For me, you can you can derail a whole season and then everything that they've done this summer will be pointless. Now, of course, it could go the other way. It could be that their signings all come together and it works really well and they kick on and they're up there. But I think that that is a smaller likelihood than a little bit of struggle. And then it's whether they stick with Darren Moore. For me, Darren Moore last season, he had Theo Corbino there, absolute quality on loan from Wolves, I think it was, but ended up going to MK Dons and, and was really good. And, and he couldn't get him playing. He was leaving him outside and, and people were saying, why is he playing him there? And then he, early on in the season, he was playing Marvin Johnson, who was at, at Middlesbrough and at Oxford, who's playing him at wing back. And I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced Darren Moore's the right man for the job. And if you're going into the season with the wrong man for the job, and that's already proven, and then there's the expectation on their shoulders, they're still not particularly well off. I still think that, you know, if it, if it's not this season, they're taking an awful lot on for the following seasons as well. I just think that people forget last season at this time, Sheffield Wednesday, where people were saying, well, we haven't got any money. We're not going to be able to do this. We're not going to be able to do that. I still think it's all bubbling away. 
And I think it would only take a certain set of circumstances, you know, like um, like the certain skill set that Liam Neeson has. It would take <laughs> a certain set of circumstances for Sheffield Wednesday to pop like a zip. And I think if that happens, it could be a tough season. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- this is really a segue as well. And I don't, I, I might take pelters for this. My other surprise strugglers are us uh, this season, and it's because there are so many variables. And I think this kind of leads us into kind of the last 15, 20 minutes where we can talk about Lincoln City. I think that there are so many variables at the moment that I can't hand on heart start saying I think that we'll finish even as high as 12th or 13th without um, some form of evidence. And again, it might be a case that I'm on the inside looking out and I'm looking around and thinking, well, um, we're weaker in key areas than we were last season because we are. Uh, you know, we've got Jamie Robson at left back, but you know, Sean. People are saying, "Well, Sean Rowan can back him up." Yes, he can, but Sean Rowan kicked the football once for us last season, and that was against um, Bowers and Pitsy. I think we're we're probably stronger across the back. We might be more solid. I th- you know, early indications are that we've got a, a goalkeeper of comparable skill, which is good. The midfield is is not good enough for me. It is not. Um, not heavy enough in experience. And and we saw us roll over against the likes of Portsmouth where we lacked leaders. And the field's lost Liam Bridcott. Okay, we only had him for 14 games, but he's he, he's gone. We can't even be sort of saying, oh, when he comes back, because he ain't coming mm-hmm. back. Conor McGrandles, who was the workhorse in midfield, has gone. We're heavily reliant on players who didn't do it last season in the midfield performing well. We're heavily reliant on Max Sanders um, and, and Lars Sorensen particularly last, particularly last. He gets a knock who plays holding midfield. At this moment in time, nobody. And for me, if Lassie's out for three or four weeks and you don't have that holding midfielder, we're just going to get overrun. And we're going to get overrun by the good teams and we're going to get overrun by the shit teams as well. And also we've struggled for goals in pre-season. You know, there was the open training session the other day and I noticed that there was no Ben House training. There was no, um, I can't remember, Danny Mandrew obviously not training. With I just... The seed, the season feels for me like it's come four games, four weeks too early uh, yeah. in terms of recruitment. I'm, I'm being told, as I say, by people at the club that there are deals kind of in place that we're waiting on, and they could tip us it over. And I think all of that coupled still with the new manager, who's completely unproven, just makes me. It makes me think that you know I can understand why not the top twenty puts twenty fourth, and I know that people will say no, it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. But at this moment in time, everyone's excited for the start of the new season. I wish it wasn't coming for another four weeks because it feels to me like the start of July, not the end of July. It feels like everything stood still since we signed Carl Rushworth. Everything yeah. stood still, uh, yeah. and it's a concern, Ben, for me. I mean, it has crept up, hasn't it? It really has. Like I think. It was only the day I think when we, we sent a message to the group. I was like, "Yeah, we need to get you know back on the regular podcast." We went, oh shit! Yeah, it's next week, isn't it? It's like everything's gone very quickly, um, and yeah, you know, we've brought in what five players, four or five players. Um, obviously, one of those is alone, but it, it still feels to me like we need two more. We need that nasty bastard in the middle of the park, and we need one more attacking option. Um, and hopefully, you know, if these, if, if what you've been told is 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 accurate, that, that this isn't in progress, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure you know Mark Kennedy and, and Jez and everybody at the club is going. Hmm, what do we need? You know, I think they will be fully aware of what we need as well. I think there will obviously be a, at least one in midfield coming in. Um, 
But yeah, I think without having the benefit of seeing a competitive game, it's very difficult to kind of preview yeah. and you know discuss what we expect from from Lincoln City this season. Um, obviously, you know, like you say, the loss of somebody like Liam Bridcut, while well, he only gave us fourteen games last last season you miss that steal and I think we need somebody in that mould to come in um and and quickly. Um I you know, I haven't seen Tashan play. I haven't seen Danny Mandrio play. I haven't seen, you know, Charles Vernon play. Um so a lot of it you're kind of reliant on the clips on YouTube. Uh, so I think, yeah, depending on how well everybody's clicking in, in the in training, um it sounds like they're being pushed pretty hard with the fitness training side of things um so yeah i i'm intrigued uh, for saturday i'm excited for saturday just to mainly to get back and and see everybody and you know have you stand there and take the piss and, and take a photo of me with some food in my hand but um you know it's it's there's a degree of trepidation with it shall we say you know it's it's like a it's just an unknown i think more than anything else I don't think it's the first time. I, I think I think because other people are tipping us as well, and that kind of tipping us to, to struggle, and that kind of gets on a little bit. And you know, I'm flipping it over as, as you know, I like to look for silver linings and clouds. I mean, Paddy O'Connor certainly looks like he's going to be a big signing for us. And, and if you don't concede goals, you've always got a chance. So, you know, with O'Connor and Rushworth, and hopefully a settled back four, we could be in a in a decent position. Um, I, I Danny Mandry, I mean, I, I talked about Dara Burns at MK Dons in glowing terms, as if like he could do really well, he could do this, he could do that. We haven't seen Mandrew as yet. Could be exactly the same. And actually, yeah, you know, one of the worries that somebody said to me the other day was, well, he's you know he's he's come in, he hasn't kicked a ball for us, he's been injured, it's going to take him ages to get up to speed. That's not right because the Irish league season's been going on since we loaned out Sean Rowan and Sam Long in mm. uh, like April or whatever. So he's regular. He's been playing regular football. He's going to be relatively match fit. I think somebody said at the Blackburn game he was two weeks away. Um, so we could see him in and around the squad from Saturday. Particularly potentially not potentially a week or so after he could be a big player he could suddenly come in and it'd be like wow okay you know this this is a decent lad and, and you said about who we've lost and who we've gained I mean aside from the lone players leaving you know we released Marquis and Melbourne um Bridcut left didn't sign we've sold Bramall um McGrandles and Archibald have left now Archibald was out on loan he ain't a loss Bridcut mm -hmm. played 14 games with the greatest respect although we say we need that player he ain't Ain't a loss on last season because we yeah. didn't have him. He played for 14 games. Marquis, for all I talk about Bristol Rovers, he ain't a loss because in the since after Sheffield Wednesday, he down tools. Max Melbourne, he ain't a loss. So actually, we're only talking about McGrandles and Bramall as well as the lone players. So then you look at who we've brought in. O'Connor, first 11. Vernon, first 11. Oakley Booth, he's lone. Would, yeah, replaces maybe Lewis Fiorini, for instance. Jay Ben one for the future. Danny Mandrew, I don't know. Nobody knows. Carl Rushworth for... for kind of a Josh Griffiths it's two it's two lone players mm. it's two lone players and and everything else kind of goes on what people have said in the past that well we haven't got enough of our own strikers we haven't got this we haven't got that and actually yeah they're probably right but if we get 35 games out of Tom Hopper you know he'll score 10 goals nothing yeah. more he's not a 20 goal a season striker but he'll be creating chances is that for Vernon to take it's all right saying oh we haven't scored in pre-season pre-season means nothing there's a reason I don't go to pre-season in games because mm. they're glorified training sessions 
and that's you know that that's all it is when you go to the theater you don't go and watch the rehearsals and, and that's all that for me that's all friendlies are it's all right saying oh we're back at the bank for blackburn it's great yeah it's not great it's not it's just a chance to go and see a bit of a kickabout and then you, you hit the nail on the head we've had competitive football we don't know and i'm tipping us to be surprised strugglers because there are so many unknowns and mm. if you're on the outside looking in for unknowns, you can pick that one of two ways. You can do what I do and say surprise strugglers or not the top 20 and say relegation fodder. Or you can do, you know, you can look at Lincoln and go, well, actually, Lincoln are in that position, but Cheltenham, Morecambe, Fleetwood, Cambridge, Shrewsbury, these are all teams that we should be around. If we finish top of the division that we, the mini division, which are teams that have a similar budget to ours, you finish top of that division, you probably finish 11th in this division. Give me 11th now, I'll take it all day long and we'll develop. We'll see Jay Ben and we'll mm-hmm. see Danny Mandrew and we'll see Tashan Oakley Booth leave Stoke and, and kind of come to his next season and, and kick on. So it's the start of an era and we've had two, no matter what people tell me about Michael Appleton last season, we've had two great eras, Danny Cowley and Michael Appleton. He took he took us to within a game of the, the championship. So whatever happened last season, that it was a decent era. It just, I find it hard to imagine that it's going to be third time lucky. Um, mm. And I, 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 you know, when I say surprise strugglers, what that also tells you is not strugglers. I haven't picked us to go down. Yeah. I'm saying it would be a surprise if we're in the bottom four for all yeah. of the positive reasons I've just said. But it's on a knife's edge, and you know that's what it is. Yeah, and I think that you know going in this year, I think with everything that's happened, and you know, it is like a completely clean slate. Uh, for a lot of people I think there's a lot of people that were potentially you know angry or annoyed or upset last season with how it went I think expectations have almost been completely reset at this point um, ahead of you know ahead of Saturday so hopefully you know it's going to be a a decent season everybody will you know as long as as long as we're not getting absolutely hammered eight you know six or seven nil each week um, and as long as we pick up enough points, you know, to to stay in the division, and my 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 preference would be to stay in the division comfortably. Like I don't want to be going into the last game of the season with a squeaky bum. Like that's that's kind of it for everybody, really, isn't it? Um, but it's I think preference, Ben. Eh? It's everybody's preference. Though. No one's going to go. I'd like to stay up, but I don't want to do no. it comfortably. I'd like that, to go into the final game of the season. That's my. That's preference. literally what I just said. I said it's it's everybody's, isn't it? But you know, I think um, from for me, I think sixteenth is is a decent spot. I think twelfth is an optimistic spot, um, and that's that's where I think we'll finish um, this season. Um, but but looking ahead. Well, Sorry, I don't think we're going to have time to do Exeter, are we? And because what I want to say is, you, you say what you've just said, here's a list of teams that I think we should be capable of finishing above. Morecambe, Cheltenham, Fleetwood, Port Vale, Forest Green, Exeter City, Cambridge, Burton, Shrewsbury, Accrington. You could you could argue Bristol Rovers, given that they've just come up. You finish above all of those teams. You finish 13th. And they're mm-hmm. all teams that, in reality, you know, given the squad, the fact that a majority of our squad have stayed together, given that some of the players like Ted Bishop have performed in the championship in the past, it should be capable of doing that. Mm. It's just to go a step in, into the unknown, isn't it? Stepping yeah. into the unknown. So, I, and I think sorry, the, I mean, we're at an hour 12. I was, I was saying, sorry, I think go on, The other thing for, you know, for, for the season ahead, 
with a change of regime comes the the second chance for a lot of players. And it's like you said earlier, the likes of Max Sanders, the likes of Lars Sorensen, they were kind of forgotten men last season. Um, and I think looking at looking at it in hindsight, if if you fell out of favour with Michael once, he would potentially give you one more chance. And then if you didn't blow it out of the park with that second chance, then that was it. You know that that, that was the end of the, the end of the road for you. Um, and I think Max Sanders possibly fell foul of that because he didn't rip you know he didn't rip it up when he came on and and got that chance. Um, and I think that was you know probably a bit harsh uh, because you know the the interviews from the the club and you know with with Max and with Lass have basically said this season we want to impress the new team. And I, I've got no doubt in my mind that it's it's you know it's been targeted that way by the folks at the club um, to kind of say, look, these are the guys that from last season that you know, people maybe may have thought weren't that good, but they're there to make amends this season. So, um, yeah, I hope, I hope that, you know, the folks that, I mean, even, even TJ to a point you know, didn't have the best season last year, but hopefully new regime comes in, freshens him up. And we see the likes of uh, the TJ from two years ago when he was on loan. Space. But, it's, all about, it's about fitness as well, isn't it? Yeah, we had that many but, injuries last season. If you can, even if 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 you've got players who are struggling um, for form but are fit, you know these players, the likes of of Lass Sorensen, is, is you know, he's a decent footballer, and I know he's done well in pre season. But like I've said, that it doesn't really doesn't really grab me. It's one of my area of concern is, but if we keep that back four fit. And, you know, TJ plays 40 games like he did two seasons ago. And mm-hmm. Jamie Robson's fitness levels are all right. And, uh, you know, even if you're taking nil-nils and nicking the odd goal here and there and you know, keep the fans on side with a few home wins and see where yeah. we go from there. So, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, sorry, right. I was going to say that the the the, the, uh, the the scariest thing happened earlier on this week where me and Andy Pearson agreed with each other twice on social media. Um where he said that he, you know, he would take a, a better home form, a few good away days, and safety. And I was like, yeah, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. He'll um, not be saying that if we lose two on the bounce away from home, even ones we expected to lose because you're a miserable bastard. <laughs> okay, right. Well, I say look ahead to Saturday very, very briefly. Um, given, <laughs> given our predictions. Um, for the the league positions, I I would like to see us be back at the bank for for league football with a win. Um, I would hope that we get a win. Um, do we do we expect to see any surprises in the starting eleven? Do you reckon, guys? No. What okay. surprises? What surprises do we think? I mean, the, you know, the team that he played last Saturday, bar fitness, will be the team he plays this Saturday because that's why they got ninety minutes. He's not yeah. going to play a player for for eighty nine, ninety minutes last Saturday and then drop him and give Max Sanders, who had six minutes, to start this this Saturday. Uh, uh, you know, it's not going to happen. Um, there's not going to be many surprises in the exit lineup because they've only signed two players, and Jamal <laughs> Blackman will probably walk straight into the side. Decent keeper, good keeper, erratic, but a very good keeper. Um, but you know they're going for consistency. It's impossible to tell. Do you know, the, these podcasts we could sit here and go in, drill down into who they've got and, and all that sort of stuff. But first game of the season, nobody's really got any clue. 
Um, I remember the first game of the season in the 95-96 season, we went away to Preston, who would, would be beaten playoff semi-finalists the year before and won 2-1. And be, you, know, you, you couldn't have picked that. I think we only won two more games before October or something like that. So we got through two managers, I think, by the time we won our next game in the league. Um, so, you know, hard to predict. Just because it's a team that were in League Two last season doesn't mean it's going to be a walk in the park. But when you look at our early fixtures, I think we've got Fleetwood and Forest Green as well. You know, take seven points from those three games and actually we'll be in a, a much more comfortable position to to kick on, especially with the end of the, with the transfer window then kind of impending. So it's important when we've said everything that we've said to get off to a decent start. I'm not going to try and give you any insight into Exeter. They played three, four, uh, three or, or something like that last season. Um, they'll all know each other. They'll know their jobs. They were promoted automatically. They didn't have the best run in. I think they won one, lost one and drew one of the last three games. Um, but they'll be they'll be up for it. I I think it'll be a draw. I think it'll probably be something like one all, and we shouldn't be too disappointed if it is. Mm, no, just yeah, it, it's so hard to put anything else in other than just say you know we're we're back at Central Bank. It's going to be a hell of a good you know hell of a time uh, to see everybody again. I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm not. Uh, I only saw you a couple of weeks ago. Oh, okay. I didn't say I you. you. I said people. Yeah, I saw. You I saw think a lot of yourself. People. No, I didn't. <laughs> you said earlier it'll be nice to stand with you and have a drink and have you take the piss out of me. So you did mention me, actually. Yeah, earlier. So I just want to put that. Oh, well, so you've changed your mind now, have you? Did you do some <laughs> research and change your mind? No, of course you didn't. Well, I mean, there's not a it's just of course to do research into you, is it? You just look at your Twitter feed and see how many times you rip it out of me. Well, anyway, um, right. So, <laughs> uh, but I think that's probably. Uh, almost about it. Uh, one important thing um, to mention this weekend uh, on the 37th minute um, of the game, stand up and give a minute's applause for Dave Pickwell. Um, you know, sadly, uh, sadly passed away last week. Um, and, you know, I think it would be no better tribute than uh, Central Bank all stood and giving him a round of applause. On 37 minutes, so um, yeah, no, condolences to to Dave's friends and family. It was uh, it's a tragic situation, and I hope everyone's bearing up as best they can do. Um, yeah, his, um, his family and colleagues from Kingsley Fire Station will be there as well um, at the game. So I think is there's a shirt going over his seat. Um, obviously, mm. yeah, it'll be a, an emotional time. It seems. Absolutely unreal to be talking about it when you know, yeah. at the end of last season I was chatting to him about writing to the site. He took the Y Scout password and went in there to look at Y Scout and was let me know if we're going to sign any players. He said, and I'll write articles, which I think was a clever way of trying to get the inside track on players that we might be signing. But unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't know. Um, but he, he he loved the stat and he was um, yeah he was someone that I. Uh, I did spend some time with. He was at the Jez George night um, in December, and kind of you know all the way through that, it was um, chatting stats and figures and players, and I just yeah you know, can't believe it. But thirty-seven minutes, which was his age, we will uh, we'll give him the a tribute, which we I'll say the best 
tribute we can, but you know, do what we can to remember him. Absolutely. So um, on that uh, on that note, just keep it in your minds for Saturday. Um, we will disappear, and we'll be back next week. Up the imps. Up the imps. minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping but then you steal the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com and there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.